I'm Gwen. And I'm Liz. And this is The Way We Connect, the podcast exploring the way we relate, date, and communicate. And today, what are we talking about? We are talking about polyamory today. Yeah, yes. polyamory. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should start by talking about what polyamory is. Right. I'm pretty sure people have a vague idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I... Yeah, I've got a few terms that I could share with you. I'm not going to claim to be an expert, but I have read a few things. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I think that's how most experts got to be experts, though, is they read a few things. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first is just to go through the difference between polyamory and polygamy, right? So people mess this one up a lot. Polygamy is when you marry multiple people. Mm -hmm. Polyamory is when you have relationships with multiple people so the amory coming from amor love yeah amor Amor. (laughs) so there are different types of polyamory and i think the more umbrella term from what i've seen is ethical Mm -hmm, mm non-monogamy so you're not monogamous but it's ethical because you're both or three or however many of you there are are being open and honest about it and you're not being unmonogamous behind their back (laughs) and um that could be you know, it could be three, four, however many people who are all in a relationship together. It could be what's sometimes called a constellation. So, you know, you're with person A, who's with person B and C, and C is with B and D and E, and you know what I mean. You can imagine a nice yes, constellation XYZ. of stuff. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Possibly loops. And you can have open relationships, right? So that's two people who are together and committed, but they are open in terms of they have their own rules about what is and isn't okay for them to do outside of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So for some people that could be making out with other people, for others it could be, you know, having anything, <laughs> sex and dating or even another secondary relationship. So there's a lot of terms like that. And uh, what else? Oh yeah, and my favorite other term is metamor. Metamore. I haven't heard of this Guess one. what that could be? Meta, metamore. <laughs> uh, is it just like when you have some emotional attachment with somebody? <laughs> no, it is in fact. Um, so if you're with somebody and they're also with somebody else, that person is your metamore. So kind of like um, an in-law, but not, <laughs> you know, so you're sharing a partner. So you're like, hey, you're my metamore. Interesting. We're sharing the same dude. Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> so It's a good term. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, What are your thoughts on polyamory? Have you thought about it a lot? Well, my thoughts on polyamory is that I think it is a wonderful option that people can choose uh, when they feel that it fits in with the, um, I guess, the expectations that they have for how they want to receive and give love. And I understand polyamory in terms of like you mentioned the importance of honesty, the importance of trust, the importance of setting boundaries. And so I feel like polyamorous relationship uh, comes with as many struggles and um, limits and expectations that monogamous relationships do as well. Sometimes, Um, you know, the most important thing is how you're able to communicate with each other um, and trust each other and try to understand each other to make it work. Um, you know, the the main difference is that you're getting what you need from multiple different people who um, who give you something that maybe you can't get from somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because in a monogamous relationship, we tend to expect our one partner to be everything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, where in a polyamorous relationship, we're able to um, open that door a bit more and, and get different things from different people, um, you know, and also give our different types of love. 
to different people as well. So I definitely think it it can work and um you know in the same way that a monogamous relationship can sometimes work it just depends on how we yeah. go about it and that's the thing where people say oh polyamory doesn't work because they've seen one relationship that didn't work out right and of it's course. like okay how many monogamous how many divorces like, has happened exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so when those relationships end it tends to be seen as oh that's because polyamory mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. but when a monogamous relationship ends it must be oh they weren't compatible exactly exactly yeah yeah yeah. so we uh we have a guest today yes you have sarah here with us today hi hi Hi. welcome thanks so how are you i'm good i'm good i'm happy to be here yeah great excellent we're really happy to be here today and so can you tell us why uh why we invited you here today tell us a bit about yourself yes yes um i live with a married couple and we are in a polyamorous relationship and yeah we're just here to talk about polyamory mm-hmm. excellent that's true so i hope you don't mind if we pry a little bit into how did this relationship get going uh-huh we met through mutual friends and actually i believe um his wife hit on me for him <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> um yes so i met them through mutual friends and I started seeing them outside of this, both of them, actually. I hung out with his wife a lot before, and then he and I started dating, and eventually I moved into the house with them, and yeah, it's gone good so far. We're just a dysfunctional little family. (laughs) (laughs) Just like every family (laughs) and every relationship, you're just honest about the dysfunctionality. It's perfect. (laughs) Um, And so so can you tell us about uh, the the couple, how they decided they wanted a monogamous relationship, or sorry, a polyamorous relationship, and then how you decided that you wanted to be a part of it? Sure. So I know they were polyamorous, I mean, far before they met me. They started off as a monogamous couple, though, and they were married for a couple years, and then they just decided that they wanted to invite more people in, that they weren't getting everything that they needed from just these two people, but they obviously are committed to each other and they plan on spending the rest of their lives with each other. But they they like to date outside and have some fun with other people. And um, I got involved because I started dating him and I really liked him. Like since the first time I saw him, I really liked him. And we enjoy our time together and yeah. <laughs> And have you been in a polyamorous relationship before or is this your first one? This is my first one. Um, to be honest, I can't say I've had a many proper relationships, monogamous or polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is my first polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so are the people, are the couples seeing other people? Uh, can you give me more details? Like when we're talking about, again, the definition. So how would you uh, define how they see other people definitely I would say it's most similar to this constellation idea that Gwen is talking about um she has another boyfriend that she's pretty committed to but she also has other partners that she sees sometimes and he and I yeah we date um but he also has another partner that comes to visit him from outside of town every now and then Okay. And are you and her also together or is it more that he's in the middle of this V shape? <laughs> it's more that he's like in the middle of this V shape, but she and I are, are really, really, really close. Cool. Yeah, actually, I, pro- I might even spend more time with her. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask, what are the sleeping arrangements in your apartment? Sure. So I have my own um, bedroom and 
there is actually another girl that lives with us, but they're not officially together anymore. Uh, anyways, then the married couple have their own bedroom, but the sleeping arrangements, <laughs> I feel like we play uh, musical chairs with the beds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I've stayed in their room before with the both of them. Um, sometimes she stays with me if he has somebody over and we have like a fun little girls night slumber party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really. Mm-hmm. And are you also seeing anyone else or are you looking to? Definitely. I see uh, a couple other people. I have um, I have some boys that are outside of the country. Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do see other people as well. And it's it's perfectly fine. I, they know. Actually, one of them is their friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, they they know when I'm going to see somebody. Yeah, because like we were talking about before how, you know, boundaries and expectations and honesty is a big part of um, managing any type of relationship. And so how does this relationship work to to keep that honesty and boundary and expectation and trust going? Right. I think I think honesty is a huge part of this relationship because you have to really trust your partner, especially if they're having they're sleeping with multiple people. You have to trust that they're using like condoms. Mm. Like, that way they don't give you anything or, yeah. I mean, you have to be wide, like, you have to be completely open. Yes. And honest, mm. yeah, with everything. It's true, yeah, the sexual health component of it is very important uh, as well. because yeah, mm-hmm. from what I was reading in uh, The Ethical Slut, mm-hmm. which is one of the, I think, like, the Bible of polyamory, maybe. <laughs> it's uh, a book about, yeah, how to be in a non-monogamous, ethical non-monogamous relationship. But they're saying about sexual health. And uh, how you should almost, I think they said, you know, after every new partner that gets involved, you should get tested Mm. and wait a while. Do you have some kind of policy like that? Our policy is just always, always, always use condoms. As for the testing, that's just always been my personal kind of um, uh, policy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get tested after, like, new partners and everything. Yeah, because I think one of the big... I say prejudices or myths people have about polyamory is, oh, wow, you must be like spreading STDs around right, like crazy. Right. But actually, I think these are maybe some of the most careful people in their sexual health, right? Because you know that anything that you do, you're going to pass on potentially to a whole constellation mm-hmm. of people. You have to be more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And because it is, you know, you're set in this kind of community where it's about love and it's about trust and it's about care for the other person, you know, so that influences you to want to take better care, you know, of your, of your sexual health in that situation. Uh, you know, where there's people who have one night stands, you might not put that precaution into it yet. One night stands are not necessarily put down as much as polyamory well, is as well. Yeah. Um, again, there's no, nothing wrong with one night stands. You know, the important focus here is, is sexual health and how we approach that as well. Yeah. And you know, in a monogamous relationship if someone cheats, and they don't want to tell their partner. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're potentially exposing them to all these STDs mm-hmm. without telling them because they don't want to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And um, so another thing with communication, then what about the way you communicate about your feelings? So, for example, if you're feeling that you're not getting enough attention from your partner, that he's spending too mm-hmm. much time with the other women. Right. Communication is <laughs> something I struggled with in any other relationship as well. Um, so they have like a certain rule that if she ever needs something from him or vice versa, they have to leave like the other partner that they're with to 
help that other person. And there's also rules like he's not allowed to spend more nights with me than with his wife. So I think just having this clear set of rules really helps. Like I, I knew kind of what to exactly what to expect um, with him. Um, but as far as communication, like they're, they're just the caring kind of people that always ask me like, how are you doing? Are you lonely? Are you this? Are you that? And you know, if I am feeling kind of bad, they're the people I call and yeah, we talk it out together, but I think it helps that they prod for these things a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Is that maybe because they're more experienced with polyamory, so they know how it can be, like how you might feel. I really think it is. Yeah. And yeah, just the connection we have, we can kind of tell if somebody's not feeling good in the house. So they talk a lot in polyamory about yeah, setting boundaries and you can call them rules or mm-hmm. guides or whatever you want, right? But uh, one thing I've read a lot too is that people might have a primary partner. So I guess in this case, if you are married and then you've opened up your marriage, your spouse might be the primary and there would be rules like if they're really uncomfortable with someone else you're seeing, then you mm-hmm. have to break up with them. It's like a mm. vetoing power. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, if um, if you spend too many nights with somebody else, then that could be a problem. So what other rules do they have? Yeah, actually, you just mentioned one of them. If they don't feel right about, um, you know, the wife's or their husband's partner, um, yeah, they have the right to say, like, you can't see him anymore, mm-hmm. him or her. And so something that's like really typical um, that's discussed when it comes to polyamory as well is issues of jealousy. People say, oh, I can never do that, you know, because there's so much jealousy uh, involved in it. Of course, we know that jealousy also happens in monogamous relationships, all different types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how does this issue of jealousy work in your experience with this polyamorous relationship? Um, since I knew like the rules and that they were married before like we really really got to know each other I knew what I was getting myself into I've never been jealous of his wife um I have like been insecure or jealous about other girls he's seen like uh, I try to compare I think I try to compare myself sometimes and it's just uh not a good idea of course yeah yeah comparing is never never a good idea um but yeah like kind of how we were talking about before where you can be in polyamorous relationship because different partners will give you different things Mm -hmm. um as well but then it might be interesting because then you can see another person who's giving you know the partner something different uh so that kind of comparison is is maybe accentuated in a way yes I've, I've tried to find ways to like channel this jealousy into other um or yeah finding ways to channel this jealousy mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. um like his other partner that comes to see him sometimes mm-hmm. I just see that she gives him a kind of happiness that I'm not able to um like they stay up and play video games all night like no I'm not gonna do that no. <laughs> so in that case I'm like yeah it's good he found somebody to do that and mm-hmm. maybe for me I find another person that I can go rock climbing with and things like that that he doesn't enjoy so it's just a way of looking at it yeah 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 yeah. just like being able to to find partners or people who can make you feel good in all the different realms that we have uh you know within our identity of of whether we like to play video games but then we also really like uh to just like lay in bed and eat ice cream you know so we can find somebody who wants to do one or the other with us as well and then we Mm -hmm. also have the emotional and sometimes sexual um Mm -hmm. connection with them and and that brings me to another question where I have one friend who's polyamorous 
And part of her definition of polyamory is that um, her emotional attraction to people fits in with her understanding of polyamory. So mm-hmm. if she's emotionally connected with somebody and she can kind of start an emotional relationship with somebody, um, it doesn't always have to be sexual for her to to define herself as polyamorous. Um, what do you guys think about this type of understanding of polyamory? I think definitely when you say polyamory, right, it has, again, the amory, the love part yeah. in there. And while a lot of people might think, oh, you're just, you know, oversexed and really horny, you just want to have sex with loads of people, that's different from polyamory, right? That is, if you're purely following a sexual connection with multiple people, then maybe you just like sex. <laughs> maybe, Which is great, right? but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, maybe it isn't really defined as polyamory without the emotional component, right? But are you saying she can Solely. have the emotional? Yeah, just yeah. the emotional. And then then it comes into an interesting question of, well, what do you define as a relationship? Is that exactly. just a friendship? Right. Is that just a deep, intense friendship, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Why does it, yeah, it, does it need sex to be polyamory? I don't exactly, know. exactly. That's the question. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think um, that love component is really important. But if you just want to have sex, that's cool, too. Um, from what I've seen is that they, they've they kind of gone both ways. <laughs> like, they've had partners where they just really like to have sex with. And they've had partners that they really, really um, have an emotional bond with. So from what you've seen in their marriage, how has polyamory helped? Has it helped? Um, I think it's helped so much. Um, I think... I think it's kept things interesting for them, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives them this sense of feeling like this, This, you know, when they're spending time with their other partners and they haven't seen each other in a long time, it's like good to miss a person. You know, they're so happy to like be together again and to have alone time even. And, yeah, it's mm, good. So if I could ask you something that might be a little bit, uh, I don't know, rude, but do you see this for you as a long term situation? Ah, uh-huh. To be honest, um, I probably not. Well, I think I could do another polyamorous situation, but uh, I don't know if I feel like a deep sense of commitment, like I want to live with them like my whole life. But for now, I'm really happy and I'm I'm so grateful for the experience that they've given me. Mm. So I thought... Um, I was going to look at some of the myths or the prejudices or ideas that people have generally about polyamory, mm-hmm. because one of the things people say is, oh, well, it's fine for, you know, when you're just having fun. But if you actually want to be in a long term committed relationship and set up a house and a family and a life, then it's not. What do you think about that? Uh huh. Um, I think for that is exactly the situation for them. I think it's going to work out forever for them. And I think that they're going to make it work. And even if they find different partners here and there, I think it's just where I'm at. Um, I haven't found my, um, you know, like my partner that I'm going to be with like forever. But I think I'd be interested in more open relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think, I think, you know, with this example we can see how it does work for them to kind of build this life of um, mutual commitment to polyamory. And it's interesting because it's that it kind of comes down to this question of are people naturally polyamorous? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, are we built for monogamous relationship? Let's get some facts, Gwen. I don't have facts. I have really nice quotes. (laughs) 
Um, well, one of the books that I enjoyed was called Sex at Dawn. And in that, the author makes a lot of arguments for why we're not naturally wired for monogamy. He uses everything from looking at our closest uh, primate relatives, the bonobos, and how they have a lot of group sex and makeup sex and all sorts of stuff going on. And he also looks at how a lot of anthropologists, when they started, you know, colonizing, were saying, oh, yeah, look, marriage is happening everywhere. Monogamy is definitely the way of things. But when you dig deeper into that, it turns out their definition of marriage was really loose. And in some tribes they visited, it was, oh, well, these two people are living together, but they sometimes would then break up and go live with somebody else. So it sounded more like, you know, a relationship in mm. general. And um, the other thing he and a lot of people who talk about polyamory say, right, is that monogamy used to mean one person for life. And these days it means one person at a time. Yeah, of course. And, <laughs> and we can see in our society how often relationships break up and marriages break up. And even within those that last, how many people have affairs and cheat. And um, yeah, this quote that he says... Um, Basically, he talks about how throughout history we've deeply punished adultery, right? And he says, why would so many people risk their reputations, families, careers, even presidential legacies for, for something that runs against human nature? <laughs> oh, <that's so> <laughs> yeah. And then he says, no creature needs to be threatened with death to act in accord with its own nature. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So I would say saying polyamory is natural or monogamy is natural... I don't think it really even makes sense, right? I think there are some people who are not either not very sexual or they're very private. They take a long time to trust somebody. So they are very happy just having one close person in their lives. But what's natural for you and what's natural for me shouldn't be indicative of the entire humanity, right? So absolutely. That's my feeling about it. Like it can be a very beautiful thing, but it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about this idea of nature. Uh, no creature need to be threatened with death to act in accord with its own nature. I, I just am <laughs> shock. Uh, it's horrible. Um, because when I think about nature, I think about the cultural influence that has that we have on nature as well. You know, if we think about uh, some TV shows that we have animals in. And we kind of humanize these animals. You know, we have like the the bears, who the mom bear and the daddy bear and the <laughs> little brother bear. And somehow we create this understanding of nature as monogamous. Or we use words like adultery or cheating or marriage when we talk about nature as well. Um, so what is nature as well yeah. when it's so influenced by our own cultural understanding? You know, most animals don't mate for life. It's even right. the ones that are thought to mate for life, like voles, apparently even they don't really. <laughs> They'll still go off and get a new partner if they lose one yeah. of them. And a lot of animals that are thought to be monogamous, they stay together until the baby is independent mm -hmm. and then they find a different partner. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, so we can see, like, how, how variant nature is in itself, you know, and so we can also place that on to, to human animals as well, like, you know, you know, which are quite variant in our own understanding, or our own experience with what is natural uh, yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. he argues here that we evolved to be quite promiscuous in general, you know, we're trying to maximize our 
reproductive strategies, right? So it makes sense, according to him, for a man to just impregnate everyone and for a woman to <laughs> take on as many guys as she can to get, get the, the best, best sperm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So some of his arguments are definitely a bit provocative, I would say. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if you think about it in an evolutionary sense, then why would we be wired to, you know, fix onto one person and mm. never feel even attraction to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. right? And if we then think about how society has shaped human behavior, like, okay, why is monogamy seen as the gold standard? For a really long time, we didn't even have this term monogamy um, or even like homosexuality or heterosexuality. All of these are culturally like defined definitions. And, um, you know, I think monogamy, this isn't like a fact, but my understanding of when monogamy really started, of course, was during the Victorian uh, era. It became like the gold standard um, around that time because, um, you know, this is the time when people had to start working in factories. So it was like part of like industrialization. Um, And so men would be able to make the money and then the women would stay home and, of course, do the cooking. And um, so... It just kind of developed, you know, as this way of um, kind of privatizing uh, social, like, care, mm-hmm. basically, to the family yeah. as well. So that was the main point. So uh, it wasn't about, like, having to be able to provide social services, you know, through the government. But the family became, like, that social service, basically. And it makes sense, right, that for your own sense of safety, security, you want to lock that down. You want to make exactly, sure that exactly. your family is not going to suddenly, you know, run away, disappear mm-hmm. with somebody else. And, yeah, especially at a time when yeah, women were not really seen as beings with uh, agency. Right, of course. Yeah, she'd be, well, labelled as a slut if she even yeah, went, you yeah. know, when they were another man. But now we still hold on to this idea yeah, that monogamy yeah, is so great. And there's another quote I really liked in The Ethical Slut that just asked, like, okay, why do we view lifelong pair bonding as the sign of a successful relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, like why does the relationship ending even have to mean that it was a failure? It's another Sometimes it can be a really good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if a yeah. relationship ends, it can be really beautiful. Yeah. Mm. But actually what you said about the family there is interesting because I think um, another thing people say about polyamory when I talk to them is, okay, what about if you want kids? How are you going to raise a child knowing that their dad is dating a bunch of other women or that mom is going off with her boyfriend or even, you know, that they're living, these random other people are living in the same house. Uh, Sarah, do you have any experience with that? Like, do you know anybody who has kids and they're in a polyamorous relationship? Um, to be honest, not really. I do have a friend back home who decided to open up her marriage much later in life. Um he had kids prior to marrying her. Mm, so in that case, maybe, but I don't think her kids actually know that mm, they're yeah. opening up the yeah. marriage. I mean, they're full-grown adults already. Okay. So. And it's like you you don't want to know about your parents' sex life no. anyway, right? No matter yeah. what situation. So probably it's not great to... I don't know, though. I don't know. I mean, if they're brought up in a community where that's normal then great, right? I think Mm -hmm. just the same things would apply as for any parenting situation, which is like, okay, don't bring home a naked stranger at Mm -hmm. two in the morning in front of your kid. That would be a bit uncool. But if 
they're safe and if you have rules with your partner that make sure you know you prioritize the kids the family before anything else then maybe mm-hmm. that would be yeah yeah but I mean you know there's a lot of people who live in intentional communities for example with children um and so it could be a similar experience with a polyamorous relationship as well with many people just living together intentionally mm-hmm. um and just giving each other love um you know yeah. and care and support as well and it can be really amazing to have a huge support system as well for the kid and I think that that could be extremely beneficial um you know there's so many kids who are who are in um who are children of monogamous uh parents and who really struggle yeah. um, because they're not the parents they can see are not in a loving relationship mm-hmm. so sometimes I mean of course there are some situations when monogamous like parents are very very happy um but anyway, the point is that polyamory doesn't mean that it's going to ruin the kid's life. You know, the point is that, you know, there needs to be a sense of community, trust, honesty together. And so they can see, the kid can see that there's love in the world, that there's love, you know, yeah. that the parents have. I love the idea, too, of raising a kid in, you know, a community, mm-hmm. the whole it takes a village to raise a child. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not there's, you know, whatever the adults are doing. But, um, Unfortunately, I guess a lot of people are still very resistant, right, to this idea of polyamory. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, would you tell us, like, have you faced any real, I don't know, like, problems from your friends or family over this? Um, my family, I mean, they were in a different country. They actually don't know. Yeah, I come from a pretty Catholic family. I just haven't felt the need to go there yet. Um, from my friends... I've had mixed reactions, never anything too negative, but I get a lot of like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work out. Or (laughs) I get some like, wait, how does that work? Don't you get jealous? And don't you feel like this or that? Like, I think some people just, um, they just have a different idea of actually what my relationship is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of um, how we were mentioning before, just people are so much more quick to jump to polyamorous relationship is not going to work mm-hmm. you know if you told them that you were going to be in a relationship with uh you know just one man for example oh I found this guy who I really like people would never even think about mm-hmm. having this kind of reaction of like mm-hmm. oh yeah I really like this person who I met it's the same situation you met somebody who you really like and who you really connect with it mm-hmm. just happens to have different conditions and different yeah. um you know people that are being involved in it mm-hmm. um but but there's that quick like judgment that happens because of it and so strange people are very quick to step in and you know I've heard a lot of different opinions from my friends Mm -hmm. too and of course there are a lot of valid points Mm -hmm. or at least things worth discussing Mm -hmm. so for example what a lot of my friends say about polyamory is just oh my god I can't imagine having the time and energy to have more than one relationship (laughs) so in your experience how does juggling different relationships go yeah um Well, what helps is just kind of planning, to be honest, like we have a Google calendar. So (laughs) I know, I know who's free on what nights. And I'm like, well, do you want to do something? Or do you want to do something? Um, Yeah, and like some of my other partners actually, uh, well, my other partner like lives outside of town. (laughs) So I have time, I guess Mm -hmm. I make time when he comes. Yeah, yeah. And And they're pretty understanding. Do you still feel like you have enough time for yourself and for your friendships as well as that? I try. Yeah, sometimes it does feel like a a lot like (laughs) that I don't get all the alone time I need. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where they're too busy with their other partners. So like I do, you know, 
Yeah. And we talked a bit about jealousy. Have you had the situation where one of your partners is feeling jealous of another one and you have to reassure them? Um, yes, I have. I have. Um, the partner that lives outside of town, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit new for him as well. And, uh, he, you know, he was trying to ask like a little too many, too many questions mm. <laughs> or yeah, he was, he was really jealous and kind of concerned. But What do you think were the main things he was concerned about? Is it something like a fear that you're just gonna choose somebody else over him? I think that was the big one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this book again, you know, The Ethical Slut, it's, I mean, I'd say it's a great read for anybody, whatever type of relationship you're in, because it's just about, like, open, honest communication, and they talk Mm -hmm. about reassurance, so sometimes just being able to directly ask your partner for what you need, and that could be, I need you to reassure me that you're not going to leave me, or can you please reassure me that you still find me attractive, or that you don't think that other partner is better than me, you know, Mm -hmm. and when we ask that directly instead of maybe getting sulky or passive aggressive or dropping hints that we're mad or however we might do it then you know if you're all open to that kind of honest vulnerable communication then it can really work yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, for somebody like the partner out of town who's new to this as well I suppose it takes a while right to adapt to thinking in a non-monogamous way because in a monogamous world of course if your partner is hanging out with another guy then there's a risk they're gonna leave you for that person and I even went through this when I first started dating him like I said I hung out with her for a while before and I I just adored her so much um like I felt kind of guilty at first and then she and I talked about it and she's like no you make him happy like I want him to be happy that's the point that's just amazing like I just love that um you know, when we've talked about it before, I'm just constantly amazed with, like, the love that they seem to have and to give as well, just, like, this capacity, um, you know, which is something that it is so special and it is something that is so beautiful as well. So it is really just a shame that it can come as well with these misconceptions Mm -hmm. that we've talked about as well. Um, So do you know how they've dealt with some misconceptions that they've experienced, um, you know, by being a married couple in a a polyamorous relationship? In the Czech Republic. In the Czech Republic. (laughs) Yeah, I think... They've had some struggles. I think um, people tend to assume the worst out of them. Like, oh, you can't really love each other mm-hmm. if you're sleeping with other women. Um, yeah, I think some other some other hardships have just been like, uh, you know, kind of friendships falling out or because of it and things like that. Mm-hmm. People can be a little judgmental yeah yeah that's one of the thoughts people have isn't it oh you're sleeping with other people so obviously you're not really in love you're not really satisfying your partner they don't really like you Mm -hmm. what would you say to that i say that there's enough love to go around like Mm -hmm. if you can share love with more than one person more than two people why the fuck not (laughs) sure that yeah yeah and this is one of the things right is people see love as this finite resource like oh well Mm -hmm. if you're giving this much love to this person surely there's not enough left for this other person whereas Mm -hmm. actually in my experience love creates more love Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so um there's a lovely word in the polyamory community you might know of compersion which Uh is the feeling of happiness when you see your partner with somebody else mm. when you see how happy yeah. they're you know being made by this other person instead of jealousy 
Mm-hmm. Especially when you're like freshly in love in those like puppy dog yeah. kind of feelings. It's mm-hmm. kind of nice to see them in your partners. Mm-hmm. Like the big googly eyes and stuff. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh, that's cute instead <laughs> yeah. of, oh, no, he likes this other yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, and I think maybe also when you have this experience, when you are, when you see your partner having a crush on somebody else uh, and they're all googly eyed and they're happy, you know, this puppy experience, they can also bring that back to you as well Uh you know and so like you said like love creates more love you know so then they have this like fun feeling and then so it brings some refreshment back into to your relationship as well have you experienced that yeah absolutely absolutely like um just kind of uh thriving off of those him him thriving off of those feelings Mm -hmm, mm yeah yeah I can imagine that it's really nice to come home to your partner and say, oh, this new person I've been seeing, they're so nice. And your partner to be like, oh, wow, tell me more, rather than being like, oh, what the hell, you know. That is a very interesting dynamic of the relationship, actually, because he and I uh, do talk about our other partners Mm -hmm. together. And, yeah, it's just, it was interesting for me to, like, see his reaction, not um, him, like, not being jealous or things like that you know Mm -hmm. he was just talking about it like a concerned person like oh I hope he's good to you and this and that yeah so you also have someone who's protective of you right Mm -hmm. so if you were seeing someone else who didn't treat you right you'd have this uh partner on your side like hey what the hell yeah exactly (laughs) it's nice and um I you said you haven't had that many relationships before but have you found that maybe you expect that he'll be jealous when he's not? You know, coming from a monogamous world and then you expect, oh man, he's going to be really jealous if I talk about this other guy. Right, especially because I dated one of like their friends. So I, I thought like maybe he would be really jealous if like he's, if I told him like I'm bringing him home or he's going to stay for dinner. And uh, yeah, he's okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, so it can really give you a sense of safety and security um you know and you mentioned this may or may not be like long term but still no matter how this relationship um comes about you'll still be able to bring this uh sense of communication and understanding and honesty you know and whatever is ahead whether it's your friendships or future relationships or even to yourself as absolutely. well absolutely it's helped me grow so much mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah and it really has just helped me be honest with myself with my partners and it has um really really just opened up this communication mm-hmm. 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 Ah, I think it can be a really beautiful thing and one couple I was talking to about it said wow I think this is the next stage in human evolution yeah yeah but at the same time this couple was sitting together looking at each other like yeah we couldn't do that or you know the mm-hmm. woman admitted she's too jealous she'd get mad he was like yeah I just don't really like the idea but yeah on the other hand I suppose some people could be surprised and other people could try it and think no way this oh, doesn't yeah. work right yeah yeah I mean I think that's the main thing with any type of uh sexuality or relationship is being open you know to the options that there may be other ways of existing and some may be better for you and some may be better for another person as well of just like being able to create this like openness of exploration and understanding and variance um, you know, to be able to to grow and understanding and, and grow within yourself as you experienced as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Liz, do you think you could do it? Be in a polyamorous relationship? Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, I think the door is not closed, like for <laughs> it. At the moment, no. Um, but it is something that I think would be interesting to try someday. And I do think that there are 
a lot of wonderful things that you can learn from the experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the door's not closed. Yeah, yeah, cool. How about you? Oh, well, Ooh. you know me. <laughs> I do know you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've dabbled. You have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, actually, yeah, I would say that I would... Um, I think everyone should try being in a polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. actually. And my experience of it was really positive. And I think it didn't end because it was polyamorous. It was just that it wasn't, you know, it had run its natural course. And mm-hmm. I'm still really good friends with those people involved. So there's not, well, <laughs> mostly no bitterness, resentment there, you know. It was just like, yeah, okay, this has had its time. But it was a really beautiful experience and going forward to I no longer feel like I have the emotional capacity to be in a relationship with multiple people but at the same time that experience really opened my mind a lot and reading these books that I keep (laughs) quoting as well so it made me think you know there are definitely a lot of different ways to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. and for me the take-home wasn't about being monogamous, being polyamorous, or defining it in any way. It's about being open and communicative, right? So if my partner said, hey, I've met this other woman and I'm really interested in seeing what happens with her, of course part of me would be jealous, right? My inner voice would be like, what the hell? Who is she? Let me see her Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. But I would try to be like, okay, you know, I love you and I want you to be happy, Mm -hmm. so let's explore it together. Maybe for me, you know, I'd have to find what would make me comfortable. Like maybe I would like to meet her. I'd like us to all hang out a lot and, you know, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather than, I think also, and the other person is some unknown person, right, that you haven't met. You can build them up in your head to be a super bitch. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> some horrible um, person. And uh, Sarah, what about you? Have you found that? Like knowing the other partners makes it much easier. Yeah, so I think uh, it is much easier if you know the other person. Um because you've already built up some type of trust with them. Yes. Yeah, and they're not like this, I don't know, weird unknown person. Oh, yeah. you, you, or also maybe this like fantasy, you think that they're so much better, like they're way more perfect as well. Yeah. Um, but if you can see like, oh, they're human, they have like their flaws, they're beautiful and amazing, but so am I, but I also have my flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can, we can put this more realistic perspective um, instead of like building somebody up in our heads yeah. as well. Another polyamory myth is that people are just having sex all the time because you've got so many partners. Yes, talking about people's uh, perceptions on polyamory. uh, Yeah, I tell people about it and they're like, well, what is that like? I guess they think that there's just a constant orgy going on in that house. It's like, we read Harry Potter together for fun. (laughs) It's probably much more boring than people think. I mean, we have to cook and do laundry and somebody has to vacuum the cat hair off the floor yeah yeah it's well, we're people is what it is you have to do dishes you have to do take out the trash just like the rest of us yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know orgy thursday right now <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> no i think that's really important for people to hear too yeah, yeah. they just imagine often that it's just you know if you're polyamorous it must mean that you're just sex crazy and you can't get enough <laughs> Right. Not the case. But if it is, then that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah, That works for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for me, yeah, that would be one of the main takeaways is that whether or not you think that polyamory is the choice for you, it's your decision, uh, you know, to have the most or as little sex or have as many or as little partners uh, as you want. 
uh, you know, it's just about being able to open that door, being able to explore it to find what works for you, what feels comfortable and makes you the most confident as well. And I think Absolutely. more and more people are uh, looking into these alternative relationship models, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how it is here in Prague, but I imagine there are a fair few people who are polyamorous or at least exploring that kind of thing. And I know that, uh, for example, when I visited um, San Francisco, apparently it's like very big now to be ethically non-monogamous of course so um, maybe this is something that people will adopt more and more as a, a different kind of relationship model right especially if people are choosing not to have children if people are feeling that they want to be in a bigger community and mm-hmm. we're becoming I don't know more open-minded yeah but also although I you know in needs to come with this this openness needs to come with this understanding as well that if people choose traditional models that's not shameful either yeah, as well. Um, you know, you don't have to say, oh, I'm, I'm non-monogamous, you know, so I'm better or something. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't privilege one or the other because we've lived in a society so long which privilege monogamous relationships. You know, yeah. we don't want to just like flip that upside down. We want to create more possibilities, you know, rather than taking away some possibilities and then shaming that. That's really, yeah, important because I think when people discover polyamory, they might say oh monogamy so dumb why right, do people right. do that yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. accepting that well that is a choice for some people too mm-hmm. and that's also there's something beautiful in that too right? exactly mm-hmm. i really try to be very careful with the labels as mm-hmm. well because yes i am in a polyamorous relationship at the moment but i never know maybe i will meet someone who i choose to be in a monogamous relationship even if it's for a short while yeah yeah so, yeah it's, love it's nothing that's black and white right exactly as a good friend of mine said it should be descriptive not prescriptive right so just Mm -hmm. if you decide one day you're polyamorous it doesn't mean you have to always stick to that Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so do you have any other final thoughts uh about your experiences with your polyamorous relationship um or any other stories interesting misconceptions that we haven't explored yet today um no pressure all right yeah. well i would uh, love to meet this couple sometime too maybe awesome. we should bring him on the show <laughs> yeah we could talk about it sure. yeah all right liz you have any final thoughts do what you want <laughs> yeah. i love it <laughs> good good all what right you? any final thoughts for you Brian? oh well i i agree yeah do what you want yeah i didn't think this through very well <laughs> All right, so thank you for listening and join us on the next episode where we're talking about friendships. Yes, great. We all like a good friendship. Exactly, exactly. So thank you so much, Sarah, for visiting us today. It was so nice to have you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. The Way We Connect is hosted and directed by Gwen and Liz from a small living room studio in Prague. Special thanks to Lee for sound editing and production, Lucina Maleo for logo design, and our wonderful friends for their support. Visit thewaywecannect.org for more information, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under The Way We Connect. And if you have a moment, which you know you do, you can rate and review us on iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. Uh, We are new and shiny, so we would really appreciate it. Thank you.